Okay, guys, we're in Acts chapter 17, and we're going to, Acts chapter 17, there are a lot of different cities that Paul ends up going to. We're going to focus on two cities, Thessalonica and Berea that Paul goes to in Macedonia, and and, you know, he was just in Philippi, saw people come to the Lord, but he also was, he uh, he and Silas were mistreated. They were uh, beaten and imprisoned. Saw that all. We looked at that last week. So we're going to look today at the issue of Thessalonica and Berea. So the first nine verses of chapter 17 talk about what happens in Thessalonica. Now, just for a little bit of information for you, so when you read the scriptures you understand, there are two letters in your New Testament that are 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Okay, everybody know those letters? You should, because he talks a lot, Paul talks a lot about the second coming in both of those letters. Okay? I'm going to tell you when they were written. They're actually probably the first letters that Paul wrote. Okay? So when you think about it, you've got the Gospels, they were written at various times. You've got the book of Acts, which is what we're doing right now. Then you've got the letters, okay? Now, of Paul's 13 letters, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians were probably the first letters written, and he wrote them after he was there in Thessalonica from Corinth. We're going to see that he goes to Corinth later. He wrote them when he was staying in Corinth because he was trying to answer some questions that they had about the faith after he had been there, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to see actually the birth of the church in this passage, okay? So I'm just kind of letting you know, you know, so Paul's already, after he leaves them, he's still concerned about them, still answering questions, but they did it through letters, okay? Through letters. And actually, folks, what we're going to do after we get done with Acts is we're going to do First and Second Thessalonians, we're going to go through First and Second Thessalonians. Okay? All right. Let's look together at verses 1 to 9. Now, when they had passed through Amphilius and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob, and set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here also, they screamed. Jason has harbored them, and these are acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city 
when they heard these things. And when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Okay, so let's take a look and see what's going on here. First of all, Paul and Silas journeyed through Amphilius and Apollonia to Thessalonica. So they journeyed through, I think it's interesting, they journeyed through two different cities before they before they came to Thessalonica. So they journeyed through two different cities before they came to Thessalonica. Okay, let's stop for a moment. The text does not record that they stayed there for any length. When they went through those cities, they didn't stay there. Maybe they stayed overnight. Maybe they stayed a couple of nights. But when we talk about staying there, we're talking about maybe staying there weeks or months at a time. They didn't do that in these other two cities. And they're there to what? Share the gospel, right? Okay? Share the gospel. Why do you think it is, this is all speculation, so your opinion is a good opinion, okay? But it's something for us to think about. Why do you think they didn't stay? Okay, Tim says there's no reaction to their sermon. Okay, maybe a bad reaction. That's possible, Tim. Okay, they didn't need to is what Cindy's saying. Okay, that's good. Anybody else? Why do you think they didn't stay? Think about when they stayed at Philippi, where did they go? There wasn't a synagogue there. Where did they go and met people at? The river, okay? So there were Jews there, but they met them at the river. And in other places, they would go, if they had a synagogue, they would go where first? Synagogue. So there was obviously a testimony of the scriptures in those communities. It's possible that these two cities didn't have either. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he starts out with who first when he shares? He starts out with Jews. So maybe he went to these two cities and they didn't have a presence of Jews there. You say, is that possible? Yes, there were some cities in Rome where Jews were forbidden to go to. In fact, you'll even read a little bit later on in Acts that even Rome at one time expelled all the Jews from Rome. Emperor Claudius expelled all of the Jews from Rome for a reason. So it's possible that they went to these towns, didn't maybe, maybe it wasn't fruitful for them, and they didn't stay, but then they come to Thessalonica, okay? They come to Thessalonica. And notice, what's the first thing Luke mentions is, is that what was there in Thessalonica? What? A synagogue. Yeah. Okay. So it was Paul's custom to enter the synagogue where he preached for three Sabbaths. Okay, let's stop for a moment. When is the Sabbath, guys? Saturday. Just want to make sure, because before, you know, it used to be in the church, especially years ago, you know, keep the Sabbath holy. People, when they said keeping the Sabbath holy in the church, they meant Sunday. But that's technically not true. The Sabbath is Saturday, okay? The Jews celebrate from Friday evening until Saturday afternoon. That is the Sabbath, okay? That is the Sabbath. So for three Saturdays, Paul was speaking in the synagogue, okay? Paul was speaking in the synagogue. And he showed that the Messiah had to die and rise again. He showed that the Messiah had to die and rise again. So he, 
He didn't have to spend time with these folks proving that there had to be a Messiah because they already believed that there was going to be a Messiah. What he had to do with them is change their thinking concerning the Messiah because, yes, they were correct. The Messiah was going to come and rule and all of that, but they couldn't understand that the Messiah first had to what? Suffer and die. That was beyond their thinking. So Paul spends time reasoning with them from the Old Testament scriptures, showing them that the Messiah had to die and rise again. Paul showed them that Christ, Jesus was the Christ or the Messiah. Okay, let me just stop for a moment. When we say Christ, the Greek word is Christo, that is the Greek word for Messiah. Okay? Messiah is the the Hebrew understanding of it. When we say Jesus Christ, we're actually saying Jesus Messiah. Okay? It's the Greek and actually the Latin, okay, now, because Latin adopted it, meaning for Messiah. So Paul showed that Jesus was the Christ or the Messiah. Okay? Christ is the Greek word. Okay? Now, some of the Jews and a large number of God-fearing Gentiles responded to Paul and Silas. So some of the Jews and a large number of God-fearing Gentiles responded to Paul and Silas. I think the passage also tells you that and, and a little and some prominent women. Prominent women. Now let me stop. What do you think that means? Look there in your scriptures. And not a few of the leading women, verse 4 is what it says. What do you think it means when it says prominent women? Okay, could be wealthy. Okay, that's, that's, that's correct, Rhonda. So think for a moment, okay? All right, let, let, let's stop for a moment. I want everybody, so that we understand what he's talking about, I want you to think about if you live in Clearfield or you live in Kerwinsville, sometimes, and you'll see them in the news, that there are prominent women who make the news, right? Who are they? I don't need to know their names. We don't need to know their names here, okay? But who are they generally? Huh? Okay, wives of leaders, okay? That, that's possible, yes, okay. What else? That's exactly right. Uh, so we want to add to that. Who, who are they? How about socialites? Even in Clearfield. And they're, they're kind of like the socialites. They kind of know what's going on, going on around town. They kind of got their fingers in everything. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah, businesswomen. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because... Okay, so when he's talking about the leading ladies, see, nothing's changed in 2,000 years, folks. You still have that social status strata going on, even in a place like Thessalonica, just like we have them around here, okay? So when he's saying that these Jews, bunch of God-fearing Gentiles, and some of the leading women, who are the leading women? They're women like what we're talking about here. The movers and shakers, okay? The movers and shakers. Now, 
Why am I wanting to point this out to you? Because it's going to help you to understand the reaction. Because there's a problem that arises and it happens every time he goes to a city and presents the gospel. Look with me. I'll read it to you, verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded became what? Envious or jealous. Okay? All right, so here's what I want you to see. For the most part, the Jews were not persuaded and were envious of the Gentiles. Now, why do you think they were envious? Why do you think they got jealous? Okay, so they're like the Jewish leaders. They're used to these Gentiles coming, and they were kind of separate from them. Because the, remember, the Gentiles couldn't be a part of them because they didn't obey the law, per se, especially circumcision. So, yeah, you're right. So they didn't have their prominence anymore. That's good, Tim. Anybody else? Why do you think? Anybody want to add to what Tim's saying? Why do you think they got jealous? Okay, stole their thunder. That's a good, that's a good concept. What else, what else do you think? Yeah, that's good, Sam, because now Paul and Silas are coming with a message that allows for what? The Gentiles to be what? Saved and accepted without having to be what? Circumcised or go, go, or conform to Jewish ceremonial laws and so forth. Oh, that's possible, Danny. Maybe they would have thought that because here's what their thought was is that, remember now the Jewish concept, where was the only place, the only destiny for a Gentile in Jewish concept? Hell, yes. I mean, uh, you know, a Jew would say something like this, I thank God that I'm not a Gentile or a woman. Okay? That's what they would say because they had a very low view of women. I thank God that I'm not a Gentile. Another rabbi would say that Gentiles were the fodder of hell. What does that mean? They were the pieces of wood that light up hell. Okay? That was the concept there. All right? So you have to understand that. So they saw themselves above. They were the chosen. All right? Chosen people. And so they're envious because through Christ, what was only for them now is available to who? Everyone, through Jesus, okay? So they, re, they, they become envious. Now, I think it's interesting what they do. The Jews stirred up evil men to, to, stir, up a, to stir up mob violence against the house of Jason. The Jews stirred up evil men to stir up mob violence against the house of Jason. Look with me at verse 6. I think it's verse 5, excuse me and took some of the evil men from the marketplace. All right, now why would they be able to find evil men at the marketplace? Is there like a booth, evil man, waiting to do, you know, need a riot? We're here for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Is that a booth for that? Why would they be able to find evil men at the marketplace? Huh? Okay, that's possible, Denny, but... Think about it for a moment. Okay, stop for a moment. Stop for a moment, okay? 
I want you to think about marketplaces. Where is, okay, how many of you have ever been, I'm not talking to Clearfield Mall, okay? Well, okay, maybe even the Clearfield Mall, all right? But how many of you have ever been to a mall, okay? And is everybody who hangs out at the mall, are they there just to shop? No, what are they there for? Well, they're there for money, okay, but some of them, some folks are there for what? Steal and no good. Do you, you know what I'm saying? No good. And, 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 it, and so, like, we're talking about a marketplace here. That's kind of like the community where all the shops and stuff and people are vending. It, they're talking about he went there and they stirred up the evil men at the market because the evil men hung out at the marketplace because they had nothing better to do. They're worthless except causing problems, stealing. So the Jews went there and stirred up these guys to stir up a crowd against Paul and Silas, but they couldn't find Paul and Silas, so they stirred him up against the house of Jason. Now, why the house of Jason? Because probably the house of Jason is where Paul and Silas were being cared for. That's probably where they were staying, okay? Probably where they were staying. So they dragged Jason and some of the believers before the rulers of the city. They dragged Jason and some of the believers before the rulers of the city. They accused the believers of spreading the message of Jesus as another king. All right, why do you think this is ironic? Because this is what the Jews are stirring them up for. Why? Okay, that, that's a good thought there. Okay, that, that's, that's true, Cindy. That's true. Okay, let me just help you get along here. Let me help you. Did the Jews accept Caesar as their king? I'm listening. No. Okay, no, they didn't. They were actually looking for a king who is the what? Messiah. So they themselves did not accept Caesar as king. Okay? What I think is ironic here is that they're accusing the Christians of doing what they're doing, only the Christians are claiming who is the Messiah? Jesus. Do you understand? So the issue is, is that they didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah. If Jesus was the Messiah and they accepted it, it wouldn't be an issue. They wouldn't be going to the courts and using this accusation. Did you understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of ironic that they're saying this, kind of like they're in really in love with Caesar, but they're not. They're not in love with Caesar. All right, let's go on. So... The troubled officials find the believers and let them go. Now look here, notice what the text says. Verse 9. So when they had taken security from Jason, what do you think that means? Well, they've taken money, but what do you think, what, what do we have in our system that's like that? Bail. Yeah. What we're talking about is like bail. You know, they had taken security that you're going to come back and answer for this later. Okay. You're going to come back and you're going to answer for this later. So that's Thessalonica, okay? Thessalonica. So let's go on. We're going to look at verses 10 to 15. 
and look at Berea. That's the next town they go to. Look in your scripture. Verse 10. Then immediately, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. That's their pattern, isn't it? Okay? These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed and also not a few of the Greek prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed. They departed. Okay, so let's talk about Berea. First thing, verse 10, the believers from Thessalonica sent Paul and Silas to Berea during the night. Okay, so why do you think they're sending them at night? Yeah, safety, okay? Because there's a mob out, the Jews are out to get them, okay? Now, here's Paul's custom again. When Paul and Silas arrived at Berea, they went to the synagogue according to their what? Custom. Custom. Now, verse 11, unlike the Jews in Thessalonica, the Jews in Berea were of a more noble character. Okay? So they're a little bit more of a more noble character here. They readily received the gospel and searched the scriptures to find the truth for themselves. All right, I think this is a good point here. In a lot of ways, you and I need to be like the Bereans. Because they received the word, but that wasn't good enough for them. Even though they heard the message, what did they do on their own? Yeah, they searched the scriptures, and I think that's a point you've got to understand. I, you know, to me, if you just accept my word or what I teach without thinking about it, looking through the scriptures for yourself, that's really not a good thing. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you just accept anything that some preacher told you, or accept anything that some guy on the radio, and I don't care how prominent they are. Hey, can I tell you something? I have friends who pastor very large churches. They're not all correct. Okay? Prominence does not mean correctness. Even being a pastor of a small church doesn't mean correctness. So you take what you hear, and the responsibility is on you and even me to what? Take what we hear and do what, folks? Do like the Bereans. And search the scriptures. Is what George is saying correct? Let me see what the scripture says. Okay? And then you discuss it. And you come to your own conclusions. See, that's the best thing. Okay? So oftentimes in church, we don't do that. We just accept what preacher so-and-so said. Okay? This is the point that we want to see here with the Bereans. We want to be like the Bereans, search the scriptures ourselves. You and I need to be 
men and women of the Word of God where we read it and know what it says so that we can test, okay? So that we can test. All right, let me continue on here. Their response. Many of the Berean Jews believed as well as God-fearing Gentiles and prominent women. Notice again what's going on here. Some of the socialite prominent leading ladies of Berea, what did they do? They accepted the gospel. Now, here's the problem. Because Paul was preaching in Berea, the Thessalonican Jews came and stirred up trouble. It's kind of like, okay, let's say Paul starts out in Grampian. And he gets run out of town in Grampian. So he goes up the road to the next town. What's the next town after Grampian? Kerwinsville. Okay? So he's preaching in Kerwinsville. Word filters down the road to Grampian that there's this preacher in town and people are responding. And they're like, hey, that's Paul. And so they come up the road and they cause problems in Kerwinsville. you got to watch those people from Grampian, don't you? Okay? No, I'm just kidding. They're nice folks. Okay? But that's the kind of thing that's going on here. Okay? That's the kind of thing. So there's trouble from Thessalonica. So here's what they do again. They're concerned about whose safety. Whose safety are they concerned about? Paul's safety. Okay? So when Silas and Timothy remained, the believers, while Silas and Timothy remained, the believers sent Paul away to the sea. They sent him down to the sea. They wanted to get him on a boat, get him out of there. Okay? Get him on a boat, get him out of there. And in Athens, so they go to Athens. In Athens, the believers return to Berea in order to send Timothy and Silas to join Paul in Athens. Okay? In order to join Paul in Athens. Now, next week, we're going to look at what happens in Athens. And this is going to be a very important lesson because we're going to see Paul's preaching to Gentiles. And we're going to actually kind of refer back to like what we see happening in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and see that there's a difference here, okay? And it should be an encouragement to you and maybe even help you in your reaching out to others as well.